I'm Larry Holsher with LJH Farms out of West Valley, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we have gotten some welcome rain across the Lone Star State over the last few weeks. Farmers in the Panhandle and Southern Plains have taken every single drop they can get. But down in South Texas, they're ready for it to hold off a little while. They have gotten plenty of rain and it's paying off with great looking crops. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The process of filing crop insurance claims for winter wheat is underway in the Texas High Plains where drought has taken a heavy toll. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. At the state legislature in Austin, the latest activity taken by lawmakers on electric vehicle fees and a right to farm legislation. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that report on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. More rain is moving across Texas this week. In the Panhandle and Southern Plains, farmers and ranchers are taking every drop they can get. Tom Gregory farms in Petersburg, northeast of Lubbock. I guess since about the last week of April, we've got close to two to three inches. So it's uh, it's definitely helped. Of course, we're coming out of a strong drought and we're going to need a lot more, I'll say that. Down in South Texas, drought is in the rearview mirror, as farmers like Colin Chopolis have all the rain they can take right now. From about this time last week, or really starting a Saturday morning, we've had anywhere from, from three to seven inches in some locations, and uh, that's on top of multiple rounds of heavy rainfall we've had over the last 60 days or so. So we're absolutely at saturation, and a lot of water running off, but so far not a whole lot of, of damage from excessive rainfall. The, the corn and milo crop is absolutely loving it. The cotton crop could use a little dry weather for a while and some heat units, but I think we're going to get those coming up pretty soon. So everything's looking really pretty down this way. The latest U.S. drought monitor shows a vast improvement in drought levels all across Texas with no drought from the Rio Grande Valley up through central and east Texas. There are still some areas of extreme drought in the hill country up through the southern plains and the panhandle, but overall it's a vast improvement from just two months ago. A good friend of Texas agriculture has passed away. 
Former Congressman Charlie Stenholm died Wednesday at his home in Granbury. He was 84 years old. Stenholm was a conservative Democrat who represented a large area of West Texas for 26 years. He was a leading voice of agricultural policy during his time in Congress. Before serving in Congress, Stenholm was a vocational agriculture teacher, executive vice president of the Rolling Plains Cotton Growers Association, and president of the Texas Rural Electric Cooperative Association. He was first elected to Congress in 1978, but was defeated in 2004 after his district was redrawn by the Texas legislature. Texas-based STX Beef Company is purchasing Missouri Prime Beef Packers located near Springfield, Missouri. The plant currently processes about 750 head per day. STX Beef Company is based in Corpus Christi and processes over 1,000 head per day in its 250,000 square foot plant there. STX is owned by JDH Capital, a private investment firm in Houston. The process of filing crop insurance claims for wheat is well underway on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt says drought has taken a heavy toll on this wheat crop. We're all feeling a little bit of a disappointment on this crop that had a lot of promise at one point in time. It's just been a struggle. That's crop insurance agent Rachel Myers talking about a Texas High Plains wheat crop that has suffered from very dry conditions that lasted throughout almost the entire season. The rains that we've had the last few weeks have been wonderful, but it seems like they were just a little bit too late for a lot of this crop. So from a dryland standpoint, we've still got wheat in the field and producers that are going to make an attempt to harvest something. You know, it's obviously not going to be a record crop by any means, but, um, you know, a lot of producers are looking at the fact that seed wheat could be difficult to find in the fall. So they're going to, you know, make an attempt to harvest some of those acres. And then there's others that the crop was poor enough that they've already had to abandon it. So it's just a little bit of everything. Claims are already coming in in large numbers with more to come following harvest. And for most customers, they're going to utilize a revenue protection plan. So producers need to keep in mind that when we set the insurance price back in the fall, it was $8.79. And so once we get into the month of June, we'll actually start measuring the harvest price. So producers also need to always consider that they could potentially have revenue losses in addition to yield losses. Once again, that was Rachel Myers with Myers Crop Insurance in Claude. On another wheat-related note, Texas A&M AgriLife is hosting a small grains plot tour on Thursday, May 25th at 9 a.m. out at the Bushland Laboratory. For more information, contact AgriLife or search online with the words Small Grains Plot Tour Bushland. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Bills are making their way through the Texas legislature and on to the governor's desk. Tom Nicoletti goes to Austin for an update. We go to the state capitol and Joy Davis joins us from Austin. She is Texas Farm Bureau Associate Legislative Director and Joy uh, on the electric vehicle fees. Uh, what's the latest news out of Austin? Well, Senate Bill 505, which applies an additional fee for the registration of electric vehicles, has been signed by Governor Abbott. This bill will charge a $400 initial registration fee on new vehicles for their two-year registration, and then $200 every year thereafter. Why was this legislation proposed to begin with? Well, the way the state 
builds and maintains roads is through a tax on our fuel. And so every time you go to the pump, you're paying money. Well, the electric vehicles obviously aren't paying that money. So in order to kind of level the playing field, they've decided to impose this registration fee so that everyone is contributing to the maintenance of the roads. Thank you, Joy. It's my pleasure, Tom. That is Joy Davis. She is Texas Farm Bureau Associate Legislative Director at the State Capitol in Austin. And now to Charlie Liel. He is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director joining me in the Waco studio this week. And uh, he is here to talk about the right to farm legislation. Charlie? House Bill 1750 has now passed the Senate unanimously and is now heading to Governor Greg Abbott's desk for his consideration. The bill will protect the right to farm and ranch in a city. Uh, but it does allow for a municipality to regulate issues that would be a real threat to public health or safety if there is a clear and convincing evidence for it. That is Charlie Leal. He is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We head out now to Lubbock for our regular check-in with Eddie Griffiths. And Eddie, I know cotton planting has started there in your area, but you're also dealing with some welcome rain. Well, across South Plains, it's been pretty slow as far as planters getting started. We finally have received some moisture, and you're going to see a whole lot more planters getting into the field here in the next week or so. We've got a deadline fastly approaching in the Lubbock area of June 5th, trying to get that crop in. The rainfall definitely helped, especially try to get some of this crop germinated and, and put in place, but we're going to need a whole lot more. We have more rain in the forecast and i know producers are more than happy to work around the the rain if we can get it but it's going to take a whole lot of rain not only to get a crop established but try to get it through some of these summer months well eddie how much of the cotton crop in that area is irrigated versus dry land it used to be half nowadays it's probably more than that more than half of the crop is dry land because some of those irrigated acres that you would consider irrigated aren't that irrigated anymore there, there's still water there but it's not enough to maintain a crop just fully off irrigation yet subsidize it with moisture from other nature well i guess there was a time when you could rely on irrigation to make a crop but it looks like those days are over for you there on the southern plains exactly yeah you've got to get rainfall and help from mother nature and we're so far behind on moisture that it's going to take incredible amount of moisture to get this crop through the summer months. You know, these rains that we're getting now, that'll help with emergence and getting that, that crop hopefully established with germination and everything else to move us forward. This last rain, I, I don't want to mention that, it was good slow rain instead of the, the hard rain with 50, 60 miles an hour wind and then a wind the day after associated with that, that that blows a lot of your topsoil away. So this last rain was perfect. If we can keep getting them like that, we could pick and choose. That's exactly what we would want. That is Eddie Griffiths. He farms in the Lubbock area. Time is running out for Texans to weigh in on proposed changes to chronic wasting disease rules. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And USDA has a livestock indemnity program that could be helpful for livestock producers. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau health plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.COM. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. USDA has a livestock indemnity program that could be helpful for Texas livestock producers. Dr. Bob Judd has more. The Livestock Indemnity Program provides benefits for agricultural producers for livestock deaths in excess of normal mortality caused by adverse weather conditions, disease, or attacks by animals introduced into the wild by the federal government. Dr. Carl Hoppe from North Dakota mentions at Drovers.com that eligible weather events include earthquake, hail, lightning, tornado, hurricane, flood, blizzard, extreme heat or cold, straight-line winds, and eligible winter storms. Lots of these can certainly occur in Texas, so it is good to know that this program is available to producers of cattle, poultry, swine, sheep, horses, goats, bison, and other eligible livestock. A fact sheet is available online at the USDA Farm Service Agency website that details eligible livestock, eligible loss conditions, payment rates, and how to file for the program. Dr. Hoppy says you do have to file a report within 30 days of when the loss is apparent and file another report 60 days after the end of the calendar year. The program requires a deduction for normal mortality, and these need to be documented and do not necessarily have to be weather-related. The normal mortality rates are different for different states, and this information is available from the USDA. Be sure and take photos of death losses and have your veterinarian sign a death certificate. Disposing of any large animal is more difficult these days, and if you have a large amount of animals die, disposal can be very challenging. I would recommend checking with your local veterinarian and also local animal health authorities concerning proper disposal. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Time is running out for Texans to weigh in on proposed changes to chronic wasting disease rules. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. Texans have a few more days to weigh in on proposed changes to the statewide chronic wasting disease rules and the proposed expansion of the digital tagging program. The deadline to comment on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's website is 5 p.m. Wednesday. The department is considering expanding its digital licensing pilot program to allow more hunters and anglers to digitally tag mule and white-tailed deer, turkey, and red drum. Currently, only those with a resident super combo, senior super combo, or lifetime super combo license are eligible to digitally tag. It is an option for those license holders. Hunters and anglers with those licenses may still opt to use traditional tags. The department would like to expand that offering to those with a youth hunting license, exempt red drum angler tag, lifetime hunting license, and lifetime fishing license. 
TPWD is also accepting public input on proposed changes to how it establishes CWD containment and surveillance zones after the fatal neurological deer disease is found in a deer breeding facility. The proposal outlines when a zone will not be established and what criteria is needed for a zone to be lifted. The commission is proposing nine new CWD surveillance zones using the proposed parameters. Those zones will be in Gillespie, Limestone, Uvalde, Zavala, Gonzales, Hamilton, Washington, and Frio counties. You can read the proposals and weigh in on the TPWD website. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission will discuss the proposed changes in its work session that begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday. They'll consider the adoption of those proposals in their meeting that begins at 9 a.m. Thursday in Austin. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. A higher close to wrap up the trading week in the cattle market, but wheat took a sharp drop lower. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle trade ended higher to wrap up the trading week on Friday. June live cattle were up 20 cents in the week at 165.72. The August up 67, 164.30. October live cattle up 70 cents, 168.45. Feeder cattle market ended higher as well. May feeders up 17 cents, 206.27. August feeders up 60. 235.10. September feeder cattle up 72 cents, 237.95. Cash fed cattle trade last week came in fully steady. 170 sold cattle here in Texas. Feedlots held out until Thursday to get that steady trade. However, we do see that big price difference between north and south. When you look up north, Nebraska and Iowa sold cattle for 178 on a live basis last week. Boxed beef was mixed Friday, choice up 288 at 301.19, select down 94 cents, 282.67. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Doug Bass, my guest, Doug Bass, Cattleman's Brenham, out the sale go Wednesday. We ended up 479 head of cattle. Packer cows and bulls looked pretty steady the week before, but I think the calf market looked a little higher. Good. Walk the pins with us. Yes, sir. On your way in cows, thinner lower yielding cows, 58 to 69, medium type cows, 72 to 85. High yielding cows, better high yielding cows, 86 to 101. Your lower yielding bulls, 93 to 103. Better high yielding bulls, 108 to 119. Didn't have any pairs. 
uh, had just a few medium type bred cows, a thousand to twelve fifty. The calf market looked a little higher than the week before. We had some really good cattle too. Uh, two to three weight steers, one ninety to two eighty. Heifers one eighty to two seventy. Three to four weight steers, one eighty five to two sixty seven. Heifers one seventy five to two seventy. Four to five weight steers, one seventy to two seventy two. Heifers one sixty five to two fifty. Five to six weight steers, one sixty five to two thirty five. Heifers one fifty to two eighteen. Six to seven weight steers, one sixty eight. 220 heifers were 145 to 203 seven to eight weight steers 150 to 205 heifers 140 to 185 and 800 to a thousand pound steers and bull yards bring 145 to 185 heifer brought 135 to 158 good do you know of anything to come to columbus next week uh we got a few calls in yes sir yeah i think we'll have a decent run next week the cattleman's columbus doug bass tell everybody how to contact you. yes sir y'all can look us up on facebook or cattleman's columbus livestock.com or call us there at the office, 979-732-2622. Or call me on my cell, 979-877-4454. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Larry. And thank you, too, neighbor, for listening to Walking the Pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. You're doing so on Texas Act Today. Back over to the futures market now, we're lean hogs. Dropped lower on Friday. June hogs down 227, 8302. July hogs down 247 at 8312. Class 3 milk was slightly higher. May milk up 2 cents, 1620 a hundred weight, with June milk up 25 at 1617 a hundred. The cotton market managed a positive close on Friday. Technical buying was a big factor in the market, moving prices higher. July cotton up 6 points, 8672. October up 30, 8483 with December cotton up 17, 83.89. The corn market drifted slightly lower on Friday's trade. July corn down three quarters, 5.54 and a half. September corn down a penny, 4.94 and a half. December down a penny, 4.99 and three quarters. The volatility continues in the wheat market. We had a big drop to the downside in hard wheat on Friday's trade. The big news last week, of course, Russia extending the Black Sea grain export deal for another two months. We also had the Kansas wheat quality tour last week. Tour participants came up with an estimated yield of 30 bushels an acre this year in Kansas. July, Kansas City wheat down 32 and three quarters, 824 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat down six and three quarters at 605 a bushel. In the energy markets, June natural gas was unchanged at 259. June West Texas crude down 24 cents, 71.62 a barrel. The financial markets slightly lower on Friday afternoon. The Dow down 136 points, 33,399. The Nasdaq down 47, 12,641. The S&P down 11 at 4,186. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.